here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Mark Warzeka. I'm Steve Sears. I'm Scott Narver. I'm Breaking L. And we're all comedians living in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. We're all big pro wrestling fans. And, well, this is going to be a very special show, guys, because we've reviewed some films before on the show. We reviewed two WWE films, The Knucklehead, starring Big Show, The Chaperone, starring Triple H. Both instant classics. Yeah. <laughs> and we reviewed The Wrong Side of Town, a straight-to-DVD release starring Classic. Batista yeah. and RVD. But this is the first time we're going to review a notorious professional wrestling pay-per-view, ECW December to Dismember. Well, years from now, they'll look back at WrestleMania 27 and know that as an infamous piece of shit show as well. But before, now that it's been years past for December to December, this is our WrestleMania 27. Mm -hmm. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Here's some quick facts on this show and why it was so infamous. So first, just some stats. The pay-per-view took place December to December 2006. Well, December, December to December only happened once ever as a pay-per-view. In 2006, produced by WWE as part of the ECW brand, there were 4,800 people there live on December 3rd, 2006 in the Augusta, Georgia James Brown Arena. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and um, the Survivor Series was one week before this pay-per-view. One week before. So the previous... Good thing they weren't hedging their bets. Yeah, right? And this was, this was for a very long time um, the least bought domestic pay-per-view of all time. When this took, pay-per-view took place, it hit the record for being by far the least bought pay-per-view of all time. At that point, uh, the previous least bought pay-per-view had twice as many buys as this. It did 55,000 domestic buys, 90,000 pay-per-view buys. I believe that the over-the-limit 2011 pay-per-view that WWE just held like a month or two ago actually did less domestic buys than this and have has now broken this ECW record. And we need to let them know. We just, you know, I, we have the DVD here. We bought it. So that's another buy for them. So we need to send them a letter and let them know. <laughs> Bump it up to 5,501. <laughs> nice. 55,000. So, Mark, what made this pay-per-view so unique? I'll, uh, I'll tell you. Well, one of the things is, <laughs> I'll tell you, Steve. Here's why this pay-per-view is so special. Special. Well, one of the things is, is this basically ended, this pay-per-view ended the working relationship between Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon at WWE, and the entire ECW relaunch really completely fell apart at the after this pay-per-view. Behind the scenes. Yes. Behind the scenes. I mean, the, And in front of the camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, but here's some facts. And fact, ECW fans' hearts. Here's some facts off of Wikipedia, which is always, by the way, a really reliable source of news. Love it. But uh, here's some facts about the show. Less than 24 hours after the pay-per-view, WWE announced on their official website that Vince McMahon had sent Paul Heyman home, slighting slumping television ratings and a disgruntled talent roster as causes for Mr. Heyman's dismissal. Heyman and McMahon clashed on the plane... And after a producer's meeting, Heyman was escorted from the uh, Coliseum where uh, Raw was being taped the next night and sent home. Heyman was also immediately pulled from ECW's creative team. McMahon was attempting to put the blame on Heyman for the poorly received pay-per-view. And after a meeting with Vince and Stephanie McMahon, Heyman legitimately left World Wrestling Entertainment but remained under contract. Heyman was against Lashley being booked to win the ECW championship. Spoiler alert. However, McMahon stated that fans would be happy to see a new champion and a 10-minute celebration. 
In an early 2008 interview with The Sun, Paul Heyman stated how he would have booked the Elimination Chamber main event, which included having CM Punk enter first and quickly eliminate the Big Show, who was the champion, via submission. According to the interview, McMahon disliked the idea, but Big Show liked the direction Heyman was heading and was eager for the opportunity to make a rising star like Punk. Heyman also stated that he kept going to McMahon on the night of the pay-per-view to say that the people are going to throw this back into our face. Critics had a negative reaction to this pay-per-view. Slam Sports rated the pay-per-view 4 out of 10 stars, stating the two matches that were promoted saved this thing from being a debacle. And in the 2006 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, the event was voted the worst major wrestling show of the year. Well, we got a copy of it. We should point out that the debacle, it still was a debacle, but it was still fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Scott, how did you obtain this this DVD that we watched? Well, I'll give them a plug cuz I don't think they have their name out there enough. I got it off of Amazon for What's that? That's a little mom and pop uh, website, right? Yeah, yeah, they they sell all kinds of things. Hey Brett, they sell action figures on there. Impossible. Figures that have action to them. I don't understand. Is this sort of some sort of jungle website run out of South America? No, 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 no. no the no. rainforest? No, it's it's a it's they have all they have they have a tiny warehouse just filled with DVDs and and even VHS tapes. A and desktop computer with a high speed internet connection. CDs, wow. uh, fruit. Um, you know, I bal- balaclavas, this slaves. Sounds, sounds way underground. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> underground. It's, it's like yeah, I said. Well, check it out. Check it out. Amazon.com. It's spelled how you think it would be spelled. Um, <laughs> I found it from a seller that sold it for like three bucks, two bucks for shipping, so it was like five bucks total. Sounds expensive. It well, it's it's American dollars, so it's not that oh, bad. Oh, okay. Well, the show. Oh, let's run down the card. The show opened with Joey Styles and Taz. They were the announcers for the night. And they were the ECW announcers. Well, at that the show started with. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and uh, they played a quick video kind of uh, previewing the main event, which was the Extreme Elimination Chamber match. And, the, you know, the first thing I notice is that, and I notice this every, on every Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, is that I never want to sit in the front row at a WWE Elimination Chamber show because that fucking 10-ton chamber is, like, a right above your head. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, hanging from the ceiling. I'm always like, on a rope. <laughs> but Scott, you actually said that you did uh, see one of these live. I did. It's, uh, I can't remember the year SummerSlam, uh, 2004, 2005. Uh, I did, and I was in the second row in Phoenix. And it is absolutely terrifying, that thing just hovering above your head. It'll but, change your life to be in that thing. Yeah, I became a man after that day. Not, not for the good. You're not a different not person. directly after that day. Just, I'm still hoping. I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. I have a... Uh, certificate that I should be getting from Amazon.com anytime now. That you'll be a man. Yeah. (laughs) Suddenly hair started sprouting all over your body. This beard just grew in instantly (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you looked up at that elimination chamber. My God. (laughs) Really excited about that ball drop. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's hot. Our show's called Curtain Jerks because, you know, the first match on a card was traditionally called the Curtain Jerker in a derogatory sense. And the Curtain Jerker from this show actually featured some uh, well-known teams. Eminem versus the Hardy Boys. Hardys, they were all grown up. This was an epic. This was a fantastic. I thought it was great. I mean, it it had some up and down moments, but I thought it was a fantastic match back when the tag team division actually meant something in this company, you know. Those were two good teams that put on a great show. And I loved Molina's part in all of that back then. 
I never liked her as a singles wrestler as or the champion, as a person. But Brent, like okay. her being <laughs> the cold. No. Her she being took that John Morrison uh, away from him. heel yeah. manager for for Eminem, I thought was fantastic, and seeing her get involved with like the leg scissors and all that other stuff and the screaming. I, I was reminded what a great tag team they were. Just yeah, awesome. really good. Like mm-hmm. you, you had same. said how much you hated Mercury all throughout it. I know, I, but at the same time, I like I liked what they were doing. Mercury had a huge forehead. We I'd should never say, seen a person. We should say that Steve that and Scott and I watch it together, and Brett watches separately. And while we were watching, did you it, guys all watch it in bed together? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Three Stooges, we all climbed in bed together. <laughs> and, uh, head to watched, toe, head to toe. Turned on the flat screen that eventually someone's head was going to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We watched mm-hmm. the baby reel and we cuddled, we dreamt about it. <laughs> I know you dreamt about it, Steve, because you're talking about it in your sleep. It was kicking a lot. I was, I was, I was where are the weapons? Where's the hardcore? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but you re- continuously referred to Joy Mercury as that guy with the big forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've never seen a person with it. Like, when he's walking down to the ring, his forehead wasn't very big. But then he took off those giant glasses, and his forehead was gigantic. It became a five head. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, recording a show next to a wharf today. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It wasn't the Hardy Boys. It was just the Hardys. Yes. I'm going back in the Wayback Machine to call them the Hardy Boys. Yeah. They were yeah. all grown up. Jeff's hair was absolutely ridiculous. He had... Uh, oh, yeah. The, what what the is that? They had the Coolio it's braids. They all had the, the Coolio, Coolio braids. braids. Yes. Co- Thankfully, they took those coat hangers out so they wouldn't hurt anybody. Well, hurt anybody any more than ever, average happens in a wrestling match. All right, cut him off when he does that. That right. that match uh, inspired me to ask you a question, Mark. What? What is worse to you? What is worse? Uh, Matt Hardy doing his, oh, off the second rope, uh, the leg drop, or fans chanting TNA? What is worse to me? Mm-hmm. What what burns the inside of your head when you hear these things? Um, probably fans chanting TNA. Oh, okay. okay. Actually, maybe those fans were beckoning him to TNA. <laughs> <laughs> they were beckoning Matt and Jeff to TNA. They said, come here. You can do all the drugs you want and still have a job. <laughs> and the Hardys went, yeah, great. We love doing lots of drugs. And they went to TNA. And they got there. And when they got there, they did lots of drugs. And it turned out they did too many drugs for even TNA, <laughs> which is an insane amount of drugs. And TNA sent them both home, which is where they are now. Oh, and Matt just he gets up on his couch every night. And he puts his hands up in the air. And he goes, and he leg straps a couch cushion. What a Lita's dogs that she didn't take with her. <laughs> That's what's become this of these. This pay-per-view was really prolific. It's really incredible. But it was a weird pay-per-view in that only apparently like two matches were announced ahead of time. The Extreme yeah. Elimination Chamber and I don't even know the what The tag else. match. Because that was on Tuesday and then they kind of went, yeah, they'll fight. This match that we're talking about right now. Yes. This 25-minute opener. This match was epic. It was long. Brett liked it more than I did. Mm-hmm. I love. I mean, it had a couple of weird moments in it where it looked like uh, both teams wanted to go home early, and the other team was like, "No, we're not losing it yet. We're going to keep it going." So, yeah, I think by the counter on my uh, on the the, the DVD thing, I, I was at twenty seven or twenty eight minutes by the time it looked like they were going home at all. Mark, I think me and you had the same. Like, we watched the opener before Scott and I. Yeah. And then at about twenty two minutes, I said to Scott, "Whoa, how long is this opener?" And then when Mark was watching it, he did the same thing. He was like, why is this still going on? What the <laughs> fuck is happening? I believe is what he said, Mark. <laughs> that felt a little long to me. <laughs> well, for any pay-per-view, to see a match that goes that long, it felt like a main event. Yeah. yeah. For the opener. I yeah. mean, openers are usually short. 
The crowd was super into this match, though. They, for, and there was a lull, and then they yeah. came back, and they knew it. Set more. a precedent of you have no idea what's going to happen during this show. And but to neither be fair, did the people putting the, the show together. The audience yes. was louder in that particular match than they ever will be again for the rest of the evening. <laughs> for the rest of their lives. Yeah. That's how much Brett liked this match. <laughs> it was the high point of their lives. Nothing. It was the high watermark. These people give birth to babies or they won't cheer this loud. <laughs> this was Please a, get out of the, the emergency push, room. Push. Yeah! <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what the audience did not cheer for. The next match, which was Matt Stryker versus Balls Mahoney. Balls. Balls. This balls, match was balls, balls, death. Stryker came out this was shortly after Stryker got hired and he actually in real life was a teacher and he made the news because he was taking off so many days from work to go wrestle on indie shows uh, that he got fired and it made national news when he got fired and then WWE hired him so they brought him in as a teacher and they actually announced him when he was coming to the ring they were like former social studies teacher from Brooklyn (laughs) Matt Stryker which is a bad precedent to set because if you start uh, announcing wrestlers previous occupations that's what the (laughs) mid 90s were (laughs) it's not going to be impressive a former uh, dock worker from (laughs) The Tampa, uh, <laughs> the enforcer for a local mobster. <laughs> he was a bouncer at several titty bars <laughs> all over the American Southwest. Please He's welcome. a former sandwich artist from Bakersfield, California. <laughs> <laughs> but they announced his, his uh, occupation. Then he came out, he cut a promo, and um, I don't even know or care about what he said in it. He cut a promo. He got, had strikers rules. He set his own rules for the match. Oh yeah, right. He said he instead of extreme rules, it was strikers rules, and like he didn't want his hair pulled. He didn't want any foul language in the match. Well, he wanted well, he well, wanted a bunch well. of things that weren't even incorporated in the match later. They think oh he's going to do all these things. He didn't even do all those things. Yeah, so or, everybody followed the rules. Or you would think the opposite would happen, where it turns into an extreme rules match, and that's how Balls Mahoney beats him, which didn't happen either. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to see Balls Mahoney in a straight-up singles match <laughs> by the rules. No. Because that Scott's actually warning you. You don't want to see that because that's what happens. You just don't want to see Balls Mahoney. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy Balls Mahoney. I really I don't chairs. at all. I don't. I was rooting for Matt Stryker. I want to see <laughs> you were rooting for blame. his trunks. Yeah, those, those, were, those looked like genuine... Like men's fancy underwear that 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 you know. Describe them, Brett. Please. They them. were argyle, and they're like uh, Strikers. Batista's mankinis. You know, so they're smaller they than were your average there. wrestling trunk. Why would you put a screen print of your face on your own ass? Which yeah. were on Matt Striker's tights, and Taz couldn't get over it. Like he just keeps mm-hmm. laughing and breaking throughout the whole thing. He keeps yeah. mentioning, it, and then the cameras keep cutting to it way too much. Which is so bizarre to me that Vince would love something like that. Love Stryker's face on his really tight pants and yet not be into a a guy called Balls Mahoney. I was so bored during this match, I started to pay attention to the posters that were up around the (laughs) arena and noticed that there was a big poster for Smallville on CW. (laughs) And actually a a poster for, it was called Doctor's Hospital, but it was green. So for a second I thought it was maybe a medical marijuana dispensary, which we have in California. But I don't think it was. No, I think in Augusta, Georgia. The person who named the hospital, though, was high because they're like, well, what's going to be in the hospital? Doctor's 
Doctor's Hospital. <laughs> Lots of ships coming in today. Uh, Balls Mahoney won the match. Then they showed a ad for a Brian Pillman DVD, which was coming out at that point. And which then, we all wanted to watch. Yeah, we yeah. were really excited to watch that Brian Pillman DVD. Whatever you put right there, I think anybody was going to buy. <laughs> Everybody at home just immediately, all right, let's go get that DVD right now. And then they um, they showed us backstage Sabu, who was supposed to be in the Extreme Elimination Chamber main event, had been laid out. He was out. He was taken out of the arena and probably out of ECW and WWE on a stretcher. I don't know if he was around after this. One of the two things advertised, they immediately take away. Yeah. Sabu being in that match, and they take him out. It, it, it was the equivalent of watching Survivor Series 99 when Austin got hit by the car, mm-hmm. that everybody was just bummed out in the crowd. Everybody there was like, well, Why? Why did you take him out? Right, we would have really liked to see him. Yeah, yeah, we paid money to see Sabu take Test out. Oh, and <laughs> Heyman showing up and being genuinely surprised to find think, out that Sabu. He's in I my think main event. Yeah, I think it was at catering, and then saw it's like, what is going on? <laughs> what do you mean there's a package going on? Right Where's now? Vince? You're shooting a backstage segment right now. What? <laughs> the next match was a uh, another tag team match. Actually, it was Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai. Uh, taking on the FBI, which the FBI, right? Yes, yes which yeah. is Tony Marmaluke and, Tony and Marmaluke. the future Mrs. X Narver and Nunzio and and Trinity was with them. Uh, Trinity, Trinity was the former X Narver, not future, future. Trinity Narver. That was one of the high points of the whole pay-per-view was the outfit she was oh wearing when God. she came to the ring. Trinity during her whole run of ECW, look it up. She has uh, an outfit made out of caution tape that mm-hmm. is uh, like police caution tape, and she doesn't use a lot of it. She is so caution dangerous curves. Mm-hmm. I was asking Mark. Mark looked her up on on the web afterwards. We were, we I was were googling to, her while we were watching it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I think I know what I mean. I think we need to hire her for the show. Three dudes in bed together googling chicks. <laughs> Just one. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind impregnating her. But actually, <laughs> Sylvester Turkai was the one who looked pregnant. Dude yeah. had a. Belly. He looked about six months pregnant. He looked like the bad guy from Tango and Cash at the very beginning with the giant uh, uh, jaw. Wow. Why are we not talking about Trinity? (laughs) Reference from at least 20 years. That is an obscure reference. I know it. Dennis Miller, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Um, She, oh, so so gorgeous. Elijah. The best uh, part, uh, like, that was a great match, I think. This match? Sure. I don't remember it at all. I can't remember much of the interaction, but but Trinity was was I just remember Elijah Burke cutting that promo at the beginning that got absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nobody cared. I did write down in my notes that Steve said, Nunzio has gigantic feet. Which I in turn learned from Scott. He's got like size 13 or 15 shoes, and he's a little fella. Uh, Big cock. If you look and just, if you've forgotten about Nunzio and you are missing him, then look uh, at any of your next wrestling shows on USA or Sci-Fi Network. And he is a referee now, and they'd make no mention that he used to be a wrestler. Good for him. Good for is him. It? Is it? Good, good for him. Uh, good for him? And then we saw Sabu getting stretchered out of the back. I uh, put in an ambulance. And uh, RVD and CM Punk. CM Punk was a babyface at this time. They kind of watched and they were upset. They're probably worried that they were going to get taken out of the main event too. (laughs) The next thing that happened was a match between Davari. He came out with Great Kali versus Tommy Dreamer. Well, hold on. I think the way this started was Kali came out with Davari. Who's speaking Farsi, which Steve will translate everything that Davari said. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) 
Coming up next is a match with me, Davari. You would assume that Kali is going to be in this match because he came out first and he is a much more commanding presence, but it will be in fact with me. I will be wrestling Tommy Dreamer. And then they both got in the ring and Kali got out of the ring and we didn't see Kali wrestle at all. Until he gave uh, that little choke slam thing to Tommy Dreamer on the metal stage. The ramp? Yeah. We, we noticed, by the way, that Kali was jacked, and he wasn't the only guy. We noticed oh my God. this is the pre this is a pay-per-view pre-Benoit uh, controversy and pre-wellness uh, pre policy being reinforced and introduced. So a lot of dudes on this show looked really enormous. Healthy. They looked really yeah, yeah. Like, like they'd worked out like five times a week, <laughs> just really ate their meats and vegetables. And Kali had giant I mean, his arms were huge. Yeah. Did you see his his color also? Like his baby oil looked like it was a little bit redder than usual. Like, Do you guys want to remember that from a I week ago? I think it was. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's a callback to the last week's show. Yeah. All right, right on top of it. Uh, somebody had a sign in the audience during this match that said, "Tommy, I named my son after you." <laughs> uh, this match ends with. Uh, well, no hardcore stuff going on during it. Again, another there guy that an you don't want to see. There was an extreme chin lock. There was an extreme <laughs> chin lock. Yeah. Uh, Davari gets a roll up on Tommy Dreamer, and Taz says, "You got to be kidding me! What the hell was that?" Which is <laughs> what was felt unanimously throughout everyone. There was a, supposed to be like he was supposed to have a hold of the tights, which is why he wasn't able to kick out of it. But that literally came on the third the third count it was when right. he finally remembered to grab the tights. So. This show botched. was a mess. And as Tommy Dreamer was going to the back, Kali grabbed him up on the platform and and it's like, like choke slammed him. Yeah. I don't know. He like, basically choke slammed him on the platform, which actually looked on like the ramp. It looked painful. It looked like it hurt like hell. Yeah. And uh, but Tommy Dreamer got back up after. But no, he first he said, "I can't feel my feet. My feet. <laughs> yes, I can't feel them. Well, with the power my of his, his fans in the crowd." You know, his two favorite fans that you saw. Oh, I, right at the end of this. Oh, I think it's right at the end of Stryker and Mahoney. There's these two fans, these super ECW fans. From Augusta, Georgia. Um, one of them looks like Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News, the, the red-haired guy. <laughs> that is not a compliment. And his wife looks just like Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News. <laughs> and they, they zoomed in on them in they, the audience. Like they, they, like someone had caught them in the booth, like, and they're like, the super fans. Cut to the super fans. And they just did the devil signs and were like, yeah. It's actually surprising because WWE is really good at like not cutting to the lowest, you know, common denominator. Stereotypical wrestling fans in the audience. They always cut to the guy in the suit with the top hat. But hey, I've looked like an asshole too. When I was a kid, I dressed up in an entire Hulk rules uh, outfit and went to wrestling matches. Don't say that if you're wearing a, a Hulk shirt that you look like an asshole because there's Brett over there with his own homemade. Brett's is actually cool. I mean, I wore and homemade. I yeah, wore like I a, a red swim trunks, tennis <laughs> shoes, a yellow Hulk Hogan Hulk rules T-shirt, and a red Hulk rules bandana when I was like 14. Did and you tear your shirt? No, no way, man. Oh, shirtless on the way out of the arena. No way, guys. <laughs> that shirt was valuable to me. I was a little Hulkster. Uh, after this hardcore, there was a uh, hardcore Holly uh, was in the <laughs> locker room, and um, Paul Heyman came up and said he was going to be in the Elimination Chamber in place of Sabu. I guess just because he's got hardcore in his name. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, just speaker. because he has hardcore in his name or he was there. 
Yeah, I don't know why he was there. Do they even explain why he's there? It is wrestling. He wasn't tights ECW. ready to go. He was part of the roster. At the okay, so just everybody just shows up ready yeah, to wrestle. You I got guess. to be ready <laughs> the, to go. The seven guys on the ECW roster were all there. <laughs> the next match was actually a mixed tag team match. Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly, who we hear has slept with at least ten guys in the WWE roster through Randy Orton. At least three of them in this room. <laughs> and, Meredith's one of them. And they took on Kevin Thorne and Ariel in a mixed tag match. Awesome. Yeah, awesome and I was match. telling these guys on the way here, I miss that. I miss Kevin Thorne and Ariel. I forgot how much I actually like that gimmick. You just I miss like Ariel. Really well-dressed wrestlers. Uh, well, I love Dapper that vampire wrestlers. gimmick. And I love the vampire gimmick without all the supernatural bullshit. It's just like we're vampire because we want to be. And it's not like we can snap our fingers and make the lights go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the, the stuff they do with Undertaker where they yeah, try to yeah. like make you believe he really has yes. power. So there's yeah. nothing supernatural about them. They're just like vampire enthusiasts or however you would call it. But they, I just. Vest and tie is It was a badass look. And that Ariel's hot. And Smoking hot. Skimpy outfits and the whole night. I just like the whole setup. It was well, cool. It's three heels facing each other in this match. That was, yeah. Was I don't understand strange. how the crowd was supposed well, to go. Well, Come I, on, I think, boyfriend. I, Come on, vampire guy. I think my. Mike Knox was the face of uh, like he was a baby face then. No, that was a turn for him, wasn't it? No, not the, the whole slightest. Kelly Kelly thing. No, he was abusive and always covering her up. She was an exhibitionist, and uh, CM Punk uh, and her liked the, they liked one another. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that watching TV, I watched all this going up to it, is you thought the blow off match at the pay per view would be CM Punk and Mike Knox. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. They kept him away from each other, and it didn't happen. And they people did it were chanting like Punk throughout later. that match also. Because mm-hmm. they kept thinking Punk would come to the save. Mm-hmm. To come to... No, he was a dick. He was a dick the entire time. Oh, okay. But at, and he was at wearing white. Match, at the end of the match, as, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the match, as uh, has been alluded to, uh, Mike Knox did something no man would ever do. He abandoned Kelly Kelly. Left well, at least lo- ten guys have done that already. <laughs> <laughs> According to Randy Orton. But, I, you know, I don't believe him, guys. I think... Kelly Kelly's a sweetheart. I think so, too. She's an a virgin. I think most of us would gladly give her a chance. She's not a mouth virgin. (laughs) Untouched by wrestling hands. (laughs) My girlfriend keeps saying, I want to listen to one of you guys' podcast because she never listens to it. I'm going to make sure it's not this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, Kelly Kelly got pinned. And then after... She she doesn't wrestle at this point. So every time she gets attacked, she hardly takes any bumps. She just screams screams and cries. She looks genuinely scared of Ariel. Screams and cries. It's upsetting to watch. Yeah, as opposed to now where she's become a really fantastic technical Well, she's the champion. champion. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to now, which is become a really fantastic thing. Uh, but after this match, the Sandman came out for no apparent reason. For the save. And he destroyed. To keep people from going home. He destroyed Kevin Thorne. And actually, the crowd went crazy for Sandman. It was exciting. He was popping beers and swinging with his Singapore cane. And the, right right at the end, when he like he goes up the ramp, I think he's knocked Kevin Thorne all the way to the back or whatever. He goes out there and he opens another beer, drinks it, throws it to the audience, and then you yell, you see him mouth the words, "Fuck yeah!" Like he was, obviously wasn't watching the rest of the show. He stopped watching after he went. He was like, "Guys, yeah. I think we really got a pay per view going." <laughs> he had a blast out there. At this point, it's time for the main event, and we're only an hour and thirty-four minutes into this show. And this is one of the reasons why this pay per view is so notorious. 
it went, you know, WWE pay-per-views are always just short of three hours long. This entire pay-per-view only lasted two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. It was so underbooked. They sent, Paul Heyman came out at this point right before the main event and just cut a promo that seemed completely improvised and like he was just stalling. He was recapping To fill out time, yeah. he just recapped everything that had happened so far that night. And then they brought everybody out for the main event, the Extreme Elimination Chamber, which is an Elimination Chamber match with weapons. Big Show was the ECW champion. He was there with RVD, Tast, Hardcore Holly, CM Punk, and RVD. I wrote twice. <laughs> hey, he really stood out to me. You guys. never know what RVD you're going to get. He really Bobby stood Lashley, out to me. Hardcore Holly, is that all of them there? I, wait, what's it, what? Bobby Did you Lashley, say RVD? Hardcore Holly, Big Show. CM Punk, RVD, and Test. Did and RVD. Six. Did you get RVD, though? Did, yeah, and, get RVD. Uh, I didn't oh, hear RVD. RVD, and Sabu is nowhere to be found. Uh, RVD and uh, Hardcore Holly start the match, and because uh, you know, everybody has to come in and after every few minutes. Can I just make, because when they introduce them to come in, uh, Big Show, they show him in this pod where the bat with the barbed wire is yes. hanging, and they're like, oh my god, look at that bat with the barbed wire. And they get a close-up of the bat where you can tell it's really just the wire because all of the parts that make it barb were either cut off or smoothed out. So, I mean, it was literally a bat with, with some metal string around it by the end. You know, it's like, why would they have gotten a comfortable that close-up I did not notice that at all. I, I yeah. wouldn't want to be hit with a bat covered in metal string. I wouldn't yeah. want to get hit by a bat. Well, you I know nobody's going to get, get hit by hit in the metal head string. I wouldn't want to get hit. There were no barbs on it, and they okay. got so close to it, you I could tell want. there wasn't barbs on it. I, I don't want if uh, we should mention that Big Show never looked worse in his entire life, he than was he did. He Jerry like a Lewis dying big. elephant. He was Jerry Lewis big. Yeah, this was a rough time in his life. But I'll tell you, I think he looks better with that little hair than he does completely <laughs> bald. You know what I mean? He, completely bald, he looks. So he was weird. on the verge of his deathbed, and you're like, oh, that, that get bit a of hair. Well, it, I mean, he, I guess he looks more human with hair than he does without it. Well, he did not look. He, he looks like, like an enormous egg yeah, without he hair. Painfully, painfully bloated. Like he looked like there was someone inside of him piloting him to the <laughs> room. Just glassy eyed, like he'd, he'd taken a I don't know, boatload of painkillers that morning, and it really was sad. I'm surprised they didn't put him in the pod with the metal folding chair to sit down on. I think that all that ECW oh. time was a really hard time in his life, to be quite honest. Yeah, like, yeah, because was... they, they hated him. The ECW faithful hated him. And but, he, he left WWE right after this and was gone for at yeah. least a year. After. I, he this, thought he'd had to retire after that. His, he, just, he could not. He said backstage in an interview with The Sun uh, shortly thereafter, there was, he had said that he couldn't stay anywhere for more than a minute um, in any position. Standing, sitting, lying down, everything was absolutely painful. So the geniuses that be said, let's put him in a pod for 20 minutes standing mm -hmm. and then wrestle a full match like man it's just awful to do <laughs> he i was really impressed with his like him actually wrestling in the match was pretty impressive like it was only he was only out there for what three or four minutes but it was still it was longer yeah. than that yeah but his hair was the most impressive yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he looks looks like stunning. a human yeah. well don't shave your head clean bald if you don't need to that's what i'm saying i won't yeah. I'm not going to. I, I, I can understand why you do it if you. It's because you can't grow hair anymore. But it seems like he's got a workable mop up there. Why not just grow <laughs> it out a little bit? <laughs> hey, guess what? There was in this match blood. Yeah, this yeah. is before PG rating. And dudes bled all over the place. Awesome! It looked good. Diseases RBG. were spread in this match. It was yeah. scary. STD oh. was spread. Are we talking about the Kelly Kelly match? HIV might <laughs> have been spread. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I don't get to. Not 
not fair. RV Need Hardcore Holly started, then uh, Punk was the next guy in. He got a big pop. Then Test was the next guy in. He came in with his weapon was a crowbar, which he started digging into RV. Never heard head. a quieter audience than when he was introduced. <laughs> when Test came up. Yeah. Well, everyone was scared of him. He was gigantic. Never, yeah. He was huge. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but yeah. Seeing Test is, was sad as well, especially yeah. knowing this is only two years out from this guy's death, and he looks enormous and awful. Mm-hmm. I mean... Oh, you mean strong and rippling? Yeah, that's what I mean. Completely healthy and natural. <laughs> so he was exercising a lot, guys. RVD eliminated CM Punk. The crowd was pissed when Punk got eliminated. Mm-hmm. RVD was great in this match. He was yeah. carrying so was this Punk. thing. Yeah. Uh, then Bob Holly was gone next on some kind of... Fucked up pin. It was Nobody really knew. soon after yeah. Punk. What a botched move. Yeah. What a botched, botched pin. Yeah. No one knew what was going on there. He the ref didn't hit out. three. The like ref, put, like, the ref no. tried to. Uh, the ref almost tried to usher Holly up. Like he. That was him. Three. That was him telling him to get out. You've been eliminated. Uh, Test then eliminated RVD with an elbow drop off the top of the pod, and the crowd, which looked. Awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he really awfully painful. Like yeah. it looked super cool, but no way to hide it. Like he landed on a chair, and RVD's face was underneath it. No gimmicking <laughs> yeah. at all. And, and all this happened within three minutes. All three eliminations happened back yeah. to back to back. The crowd again was pissed when RVD got eliminated by Test. They were chanting bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Then uh, Heyman's henchmen were there. He had like these two security guys with him, and they blocked the Bashams. Is is that who it turned out be, to be? They never revealed them, but it was known that it was the Bashams. Oh, Doug and Danny. But they came out to prevent Lashley from leaving his pod. So things were moving so quickly. I was surprised that there wasn't a minute and a half of Tess waiting for Lashley to come out of his pod, because everything was happening so fast that it'd be like, and now we have two minutes until Lashley's pod or Big Show's pod is open. I, d- I never know. I was just focused on Big Show's hair. <laughs> I didn't catch it. I didn't it catch looked it good. I was thinking, <laughs> well, you know, Mike Walk, Mike Knox wore white, so. Wait, was he a good guy? <laughs> uh, then, You're then, starting to second guess yourself, aren't you? <laughs> Always. So they try to like block Lashley and keep him in his pod. It's kind of hard to explain. It's probably not worth it. But he has a table of any of the weapons in any of yes. the other pods that he could have been considering locked in with. a table a weapon also. Yeah, and any, of an any of the other pods he could have been locked in. It would have looked better to have that weapon in there for what you're about to say. He, next. He's got a table and he grabs a table and he uses it. To uh, bust out of the pod, he lifts the table. First up in of the all, air, he couldn't upwards. even get it off the hanger before. Like he yeah. could barely even maneuver the table. Off Those the hanger. have you guys ever There's put a zip tie on your finger? It is hard to get that zip tie off. All you you pull on it just gets tighter. Okay, uh, that's what the zip- table was attached to the wall. Zip ties above him in the pod is a chain linked roof. It's just it's chain above right. it. So that's what he's taking this table and loose smashing chain, it upwards. You know, like yes, it's not taut. It's loose. So he breaks out of this chain. He uh, gets in the ring. He destroys Test. Uh, Lashley does. Then uh, Big Show comes in. They wrestle for just a couple minutes of actually decent action. And um, he de- uh, he destroys Big Show. He wins the title. And there tr- there was Vince McMahon might have been right because there was a huge pop for Lashley winning the ECW championship. I at hate the end. Lashley with the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked him. You hate Black Lesnar. <laughs> I hated him because he he had zero mic skills and his voice sounded like a uh, hard boy. hitting and soft spoken. Hard hitting, soft spoken. I'm going to be the ECW champion. One man, have one man, one, one man, mission. one mission, one goal. One big show, one elimination. People chamber, that big with that weapon. feminine of a voice should never t- 
just don't let them ever. That's why you need a manager. You need somebody to talk for that guy. Yeah, true so that. So he never has to open his mouth. True that, y'all. True that. True that. The, that, well, that was the ECW 2006 December to Dismember pay-per-view, the one and only time that pay-per-view happened. And, uh, well, folks, it, we've reviewed movies. We've reviewed a pay-per-view. If there's something that you want us to review, let us know. Go on our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash curtainjerks, and like the page and put up there what you'd like us to review. Let us know what you want us to review. And we're especially looking for footage of Shawn Michaels' McMillan River Adventures. McMillan River Adventures, which because none of us have – it's airing now on the Outdoor Channel. And we'd like to watch this show, but none of us have the Outdoor Channel or have ever heard of it before. So put – if you've got footage of that, please put or it up. Or information about the outdoor network or the fact that – proof that it exists. <laughs> if anyone's even ever been outside and could tell us what it looks like. <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> uh, also go to our Twitter, twitter.com slash Curtain Jerks. And go on iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate and review. That helps us out a lot. Um, thanks to Meredith Spivey, our sound engineer, and everybody here at the Comedy Podcast Network. For Curtain Jerks, I'm Mark Warzeka. I'm Steve Sears. I am Scott Narber. I'm Brett Cannell. Join us next time. Bye-bye. For more funny stuff for your eyes and ears, go to ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.